Matthew, Matthew, are you there? Uh, so, in Yankee Stadium, Matthew, there's a steakhouse, and uh, we were there with a bunch of guys, and we were on the rip. <laughs> and Jimmy was, Jimmy was, Jimmy was in good form when we sat down, right? Now, uh, uh, across the aisle, there's a table there with Johnny Damon, Johnny Damon's wife, CeCe's wife, and CeCe's mother, right? <laughs> and so here's us. <laughs> These behemoths. These the Andrethals. <laughs> here's Yankee royalty and their wives and moms, right? And Jimmy, I notice, starts going to the rip side. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then he starts kind of like, you know, Schaefer, he got that look in his eyes, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, he's like, you know, Johnny used to throw like a girl. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go, right? Lomi has caressed the environs and the hills around Austin, Texas. We can see it just out the front window of my living room. During these summer months, the cast has switched locations. We've been in Shafee's Casa or Castle, depending on your general station here in late stage rapacious capitalist America. Shafee either lives in a castle or a castle. We've spent some time there. We we are now in the living room of the Rampy family. The Rampy family is visiting Jackson, Mississippi, and I am sitting here with my podcast ride or die. I really miss the porch, and I know he does too. He's a poet. And there's nothing you or God can do about it. He's the proprietor of the front page, although he started from the back page. Started from the back page, now we're here. And I'm here in episode 143 of One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular with the titular Schaefer Hall. It was an everlasting lockdown, but now we see it fading fast. So you grab a microphone and we call a willing guest. Well, we wouldn't even know a segment if we held it in our hand. The things we thought were children's folk rock we can't understand. Oh, are you talking through the years? Casting away the time. Updating folks about the birds <laughs> from your ivy-colored castle. <laughs> wow. Some of the Dan for you. Wow. Whenever we do a switcheroo, I am always fascinated <laughs> at what, uh, both your song choice and then on that one in particular, your lyrics were I tried to go deep in the Fantastic, lyrics. yeah. Yeah, you really have to be – I mean, I wonder if anybody is a student of, enough of this show that those lyrics would really hit like they hit with us. <laughs> Probably not, but – There are a couple out there. You know who you are. That's oh, fantastic. You're talking. You're Thank talking you. to your to your speakers right now, aren't you? I'm just thankful that it was an artist that I'm familiar with, and I actually knew the song. Yeah. Because <laughs> we have that whole divergence of yeah of musical taste thing. It occurred to me 
I don't know when. Well, I did the, I've done the Scorpions, right? Uh, yes. I think that was the first one. Uh-huh. No, sorry, that wasn't Scorpions, it was ACDC. Okay, I was confused. Yeah. I'm not a Scorpions fan. Podcasting all night long. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. And I did uh, I did the Miley Cyrus one, and I've done at least one other. But I can't remember what it was now. But I just, like, I definitely try to pick iconic songs. I think that that's, you know, for the best. The, the most people get the joke. Then, yeah. Then, uh, and also, I was just, I was thinking about the Dan. I was listening to a cool podcast that these two, it's these two guys in Chicago, uh, both who used to be rock journalists, and they have a podcast now, and they're just so super, super well-connected and super knowledgeable, and they've been having famous uh, musicians on to talk about their five most influential records, and uh, Amy Mann came on, and she was talking about the Dan, mm. you know, and there's like, it's there's kind of a stereotype of the Dan fan Right. And that fan is not female, you know? <laughs> Certainly not an Amy Mann type. <laughs> and so they were really interested, and so was I, you know. But she's like, you know, it's just, it's all about that music, you know. They take it so seriously. Uh, put it, you know, spend the time in the studio, you know, making everything just right. And that, you know, makes for, you know, you know, whatever, however you judge song, you know, songs. There are well-crafted songs, you know, whether they... Whether they necessarily tug on your particular heartstrings or not, you can tell. You can listen to it. Tell you, yeah, somebody, yeah, somebody who knew what they were doing put the song together. Just because there's a lot of complicated parts that fit together in a surprising way. I love Steely Dan, and I think it's weird this this hip vibe of like hating on Steely Dan. Yeah, and it mostly seems to be going away. I think people are realizing. But, that, but as you were saying that, it makes me think that like. Yeah, of course they hate it. They hate it because they ain't it, you know? Like, yeah. Like, but Steely Dan, Steely Dan is so influential because even the ones who hate it are, like, taking notice of it, you know? There could be some of that. I think I'm, there's... I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm such a huge fan, and it, 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 it came to me in a certain part of my life. and was A good thing... I think a good thing is happening Steely in American culture, and that's so. recognizing that there's sometimes when it's just... You decide that Steely Dan goes into a certain category, and you don't like that category, okay. so you're not going to like Steely Dan. Well, like, a lot of that's breaking down, and you know we're not, you know, we're not not trying to put people in boxes anymore, mm. put bands in boxes anymore, and then we don't like then none of those prejudices hold up anymore. They just don't make sense. So, uh, you know, and that can work both ways. You know, that can work, you know. Wow, you seem like a doe-eyed optimist. A, a tough week for that. Oh, yeah. And I'm talking <laughs> about, I'm talking about, like, the kids on TikTok. I'm not talking about the Supreme Court. Right. You know, I just, like, my mom was saying the other day, like, you just got to wait for all these people to die. Like, <laughs> all of those fuckheads in Congress, yeah. all those fuckheads in the Senate, all those fuckheads who are governors, all those fuckheads who are potential presidential candidates, all those fuckheads on the Supreme Court, they're all just, they're old as shit. And even if they're not necessarily rich whiteies, they've been, they've been, you know, sticking their nose up rich whiteies ass and they're, and they're in the pocket of some rich whitey and they just, you got to wait for them all to die. And then hopefully, 
hopefully the next generation won't be, you know, necessarily this, this is where the doe-eyed shit comes in. Like maybe the next generation won't be, you know, so susceptible to, you know, having money, those bags of bags of cash wagged around in front of their face. But of course that's not going to be true at all. That's that's still going to run shit no matter what. Right. Well, I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad we started off on a high note. Yeah, started off talk of the Dan and then and then spiral down. I like it when we do that because there's only one way to go from here, and that is up, my friend. So I, I think maybe we should reach out to one of our one of our loved ones yeah. this evening. Speaking of. I, we don't. We, as usual, neither of us was put anything on the show sheet. So that's not true. I, <laughs> it, was, I was, it was a joke. Don't tell them. I had. Some, I, we moved some stuff. We moved some stuff off the show sheet because we got something better. Um, Did you know the show sheet is at seventy pages? I was wondering the other day. I wonder how long that. I just, that I, just, show sheet I just checked it tonight. We're at seventy pages. That uh. It seems like a lot more content, but then when you think about it, nah, it sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> about half a page for sure. That's... We've got 70 pages. It's double spaced. It is font size 18. <laughs> a lot of bolds. Uh, so speaking of people who spend some time in the studio, musicians oh, yeah. who... Uh... Oh, did you lead off with that Steely Dan talk on purpose? Or did you just tie it in just now? Either way, it's brilliant. Go on. Are you texting? Are you texting me? No. Because I don't have my phone with me. You just talk to me here. <laughs> have you uh, ever had tequila? I have occasionally. Man, it is so good. Drunk the tequila. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's try to track down Brian Benitez. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, as if anybody's listening to this at night, uh, <laughs> we're talking to our good friend, a super fan of the show, a big contributor here, Mr. Brian Benitez. He survived Lubbock with me and Schaefer. Great we, survivor. Would you say that we survived? Would you say we're survivors? <laughs> we're, I guess, for the time being. Oh, it could be said hey. that we're surviving. Hey, Brian. Are you reeling in the years? Always, always reeling in the years. And what are you doing with the time? I don't know that Derek. <laughs> stowing it away. Stowing it away. You're stowing it away. The time is what you're doing. Sorry, I shouldn't tell you what you're doing. Maybe you're doing that. Maybe you're not. Let's get some levels, buddy. Say some things. Uh, sure. Uh, check one, two. Holy yeah. cow, that's perfect. Okay. It's perfect. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good. Guess where we are. Where are you? Don't guess. Yeah, don't bother guessing. That oh. could take a while. We're in Matthew's living room. It's my living room. Awesome. His family's on the run. <laughs> Fam- no. Family's not here. They went to Mississippi. Awesome. I- so we're not banished to the patio. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, you, you, or worse, to my living room. No, my living room's a fun place, actually. You Sha- know that. Schaefer's living room is pretty fun. Yeah. Are, 
I enjoy it. Are you busting a are you busting a little uh a little uh soup soup strainer there? You got a mustache, buddy? I've had a mustache for like he's got a beard. He's got oh, a full beard. Oh yeah, so you, I, 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 like the way the way the shadow looks, it looked like maybe it was just the mustache. Oh gotcha. No, no, no. I got this whole thing. It looked like a you looked like you were groucho and then groucho in a little bit there. It'd be pretty sweet. I don't have confidence for that. That's that's <laughs> that that levels. You got what? What you you got? Uh, you got the recent promotion at the job. You got the, you got the nice wife. You got the house in the suburbs. It's time to start. Yeah. It's time to start rocking that dick duster, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you got like feel- you got like five albums under your belt these days. Yeah, but I don't want to look like old man Anthony Kiedis or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think of it as looking like a young Groucho Marx. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, da 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 da. How you been? Good. Great to see you. I know that uh, everybody out there in One Magical Nation is pretty happy to hear your voice. Uh, happy to happy to let it out. Everybody's excited. We're so the plan today is to chat with uh, with Brian about the uh, the new record, the new Contrazoom mixtape record that he's he's put a lot of his heart and soul into in the last few months. And uh, we're talking about the recording and the production of that. Um, but first, uh, I had I wanted you to participate too. I've got a Matthew. Have you ever wondered? Uh, thought that we could uh, we could cut that loose. Do it. Maybe with a little bit of help from the robot. Matthew, have you ever wondered? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't say. Imagine you, you ever wondered, yeah. Living on imaginary radio. <laughs> Living on that W O M H. Uh, Matthew, have you ever wondered in what manner and to what extent did Rebecca De Mornay contribute to the production of the Leonard Cohen album, The Future? <laughs> wow, Shafi. Uh, again, you are missing the mark by a mile. I have never. I've never wondered about any of that. <laughs> well, uh, Leonard Cohen's record, The Future, came out, I guess, about, that would have come out in the, in the mid-90s somewhere, yeah. um, early 90s, maybe. Uh, and I, you know, it's Rebecca De Mornay, the actress who was... Oh, I'm familiar with know, Rebecca De Mornay. Uh, I mean, Tom, you know, Risky Business. She, oh. was, she was what made the business risky in right. Risky Business. Right. You know? Man, man. Yeah. And uh, and it and it was risky. It was extra risky for her having been in it. I think she's excellent actress, very uh, magnetic and charismatic, and uh, definitely always always to me looked like she was up to something. Uh, yeah, you know, she looks like somebody who you could not, get in a lot of trouble with. Not just when her hand was rocking the cradle, oh. or uh, or uh, <laughs> or when the bit, or when she was she was doing business with uh, in business with Tom Cruise. But any time, you know, she seemed like she was up to something. And uh, she's, yeah, she's got writing and production credits on the Leonard Cohen album, The Future. And I knew that they had a relationship and that they were, in, in fact, uh, for, for some period of time, they were engaged to be married. They never did get married. But uh, I always kind of wondered, like, what did she really, did she really, you know, contribute musically to that record? So I, I looked up her bio. It was, it was a quick blush, but she did. In fact, she started out as a musician, and uh, 
and sold a bunch. She wrote a bunch of songs in, as a teenager and sold them. Mostly it seems like she had an agent who would sell these songs to German pop rock groups and they would record them. But uh, yeah, before she, before she was ever an actress, she was doing that, uh, doing that music thing. Okay. Which, so I thought it was really cool. And so I think, yeah, she did probably contributed pretty, pretty healthily to the recording of the future. I always, uh, newsflash, you know, hate to, I hate for you guys to see how the sausage was made, but I was getting all this information from YouTube. Uh, I mean, sorry, from Wikipedia, not, oh. not from YouTube. I found a funny thing on Wikipedia. Have you seen, there's a new tab now. If you look up something, you can have, the, it'll say the article. But then there will be another tab that says talk. And it's just talking points for for the article. And it was pretty funny. Like somebody had written in there, like, uh, you know, I've heard reference to a relationship with Harry Dean Stanton. Should we confirm this? Should this be in the article? So they're talking points, potential talking points for the article. And there was a funny one in Rebecca De Mornay's that said, said basically, like, please stop talking about a possible movie with Ricky Gervais. That was a, apparently that was a joke that Richie Gervais made. And people were like, and she's got an upcoming movie with Ricky Gervais. And like offering like a YouTube of his stand-up comedy is the proof that that's going to happen. And they're like, this isn't going to happen, guys. That was a joke. <laughs> Please stop trying to put that in the, in the Rebecca De Mornay wiki. <laughs> oh, really funny. Yeah. So it made me want to look, Look forward to maybe a future segments where I just dig into the talking points of uh, of Wikipedia and try to find funny things in there. I, don't we already have a segment like that? Wikipedia history? We do have Wikipedia history, yeah. Okay. Which I found another... I can't remember what it's called now. I found another podcast that is only... It's, it's uh, just Wikipedia weirdness. Actually, it started out as an Instagram... Uh, this journalist started it during lockdown. She was just finding, she would find weird stuff on Instagram and then just post a screenshot of the weird section on her Instagram page. Wasn't, so, wasn't lockdown full of creativity? Oh, uh, lockdown uh, gave us a lot of, uh, a lot of important things. Yeah. Probably gave us a whole, at least one ContraZoom mixtape record. Did you, oh, yeah. did you record or write some of this in lockdown? Yeah, absolutely. Like I'd say most of it was, I mean, some of it references lockdown. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, okay. I, wait. And I want to just be clear for the listener. We are talking to Brian Benitez who uh, composed our theme music. Not, not the snippet at the first that says our name, but the theme music that we come into, which is yeah, our, our second opening. Theme yeah. Song. Which is <laughs> in this regard, which is one of the tracks on the album that was just released by Brian's band, the ContraZoom mixtapes, which, by the way, transcend place and time. I just want to be—I cl- just want to be clear about all that. You got that, one magical nation. Did, Brian, did I get that right? That sounds right. That sounds okay. exactly right. Yep. So now yep. you can finally listen to the whole song with lyrics that that instrumental bit is taken from. And the, and the album is called Oval. And we have actually played, I know that you and most listeners don't listen to the end of the podcast, but we have played the lyrics version of In This Regard, I think, on on two casts now. 
Yeah, right, cool. And and I don't have those cast numbers here because I don't keep any records. In fact, I burn each and every session of recording after I we publish the show. But uh, wow. some of that is true. I think Brian actually does. You know, you're pointing at me when you said that, but they can't see you pointing. I think Brian does actually listen to the end. Do of you listen podcast. to to hear what music that I play at the end? Yeah, uh, yeah. You were you were. It felt like you were totally <laughs> looking. At- Naked when you mentioned. Oh, uh, no, no. He was talking I, about I was, me. I, I never was talking to Schaefer doesn't listen to the end. No, no, I mean, when you mentioned on one of the last casts that only Brian or Alex listens to the end. <laughs> oh, I did, oh, I said that? <laughs> and that's because they want to they see if, uh, if their songs at the end. Well, let me ask you this, Brian. And feel free to be honest here and at every time, like you've always been with me. Um, do I do I hit the mark sometimes with the with the music that comes in? Oh yeah, I was. I'm I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to see you in the phone, but then I'm getting too close to the microphone. Ah, blowing out the mic. Look, I'll, I'm I'll, I'm going to move it like this. When one of us yeah, is talking fine. to Brian, no, he, here, here. he knows what. Okay. To look okay. Oh, <laughs> Schaefer had the perfect setup here where he'd set the phone right on the laptop. Um, but. Does it fit the, the yeah? Do you find that it sometimes fits? Okay, that's all I wanted to hear. What fits? <laughs> sometimes I match the closing track to the mood of oh, the yeah. end of the show, just yeah. right. And I I try to do that within the confines of we play our friends' music. Yeah, at the end of the show, because we have we actually have some kind of verbal permission from them to do it. Do we have Brian? Have you ever wondered? Do we have verbal permission to use your music? I guess you have every permission verbal. Okay, okay. I definitely asked you at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure everybody who I asked Milton, I asked Alex. Alex did ask me not to use. He asked me only to use certain tracks, and we kind of ignored that. Oh, is that right? And he later was like, "No, I'm actually I'm glad to hear those old songs too." Oh, did he ask not to play Almira? <laughs> No, just he wanted us to stick to Elmira. Oh, I see. Which we mostly do. Oh, but oh, I see. There's but we some had some other, other deep deep tracks that yeah. I gave you that right. Uh, which I sometimes get in trouble. My my friends, my musician friends, entrust me with secret records, and then I ended up playing them like during the day at the bar. And then... I started a podcast so that I could reveal your secret record. <laughs> it's a real long game there. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was I play I play some long cons, no doubt. <laughs> so Brian, talk yeah. to us about Oval. What was what was the sort of time period of like conception and production? Um, I'd say a good chunk of like the music was written about three years ago, and the rest of it just we kind of had to take our time because of COVID. And even though I was home all the time, it was just hard to find a place to record new things. And I don't know, I just was busier than I ever thought I'd be. I know it, it got in the way of us getting out on the digital golf course, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's been a <laughs> it's been a big project. I'm glad it's over, but it was a real fun kind of time way to spend my time. But but playing playing golf video games with me shouldn't ever preclude your dreams, just so you know. You following your dreams and your creative endeavors. What if that what if that's your dreams? Well, I think that that's how it works from my yeah, my direction. <laughs> that's Schaefer's dreams. <laughs> Brian's trying to help me live my dreams <laughs> of being a of being a pro golfer. 
Um, Brian, I want to talk to you about the complexity of your musical arrangement. I was going to say something the same. Would you say that Oval is your your proggiest record? No, I would say it's our it's our most uh, poppy actually. Oh wow! Uh, uh-huh. yeah. Now, uh, prog can be melodic at the same time. Oh, totally. There's you know. there's no all of our stuff has kind of proggy. Yeah. Like you guys mentioned, indie and prog and math rock. Yeah, all of that stuff's kind of in there, so it makes it even more proggy. Something. Manish said it straight. Manish said it straight that uh, Contrazoom is alt rock. Yeah, yeah. Which is that's a good, most most succinct way to put it. I think that that's correct. Um, yeah, there's so many ridiculous labels around rock that you know. Almost just want to say I'm just in our kind of quirky rock band. So I know, like, no musician likes to sit and like have his music compared to all sorts of you know bands that came before him or her. But yeah, all, but it's a little different for me, like growing up and discovering records with you at the same time. You know, because yeah. like those. When I hear an influence, it's also a big influence on me, you know. So, and uh, there's uh, <laughs> in the in the last record, there was a ton of Alice in Chains, I thought, and there was a ton of uh, Jane's Addiction. But sure. I, I think in this new record, there's it's definitely got more of a classic rock feel to me, and uh, and it's it's a little more. You know, it's relaxed, but without giving up any kind of passion or intensity. So that's cool. Yeah, I think the real common kind of thread for this album that I picked up on pretty quickly was uh, like when MTV first came out and it was just didn't have a format. It was just like the next hour we have videos from this, you know, new wave band and this kind of heavy rock band and this pop superstar and this, you know, and then maybe some like adult contemporary dude or something like that. That's kind of what this album felt like to me, where I was just like, I loved that time of MTV where I didn't know what was coming next. Yeah, definitely. And not just MTV, but Top 40 Radio was the same way. Like, you put Top 40 Radio on in 1988, and you would hear White Snake, followed by Los Lobos, followed (laughs) by Tone Loke, followed by Fleetwood Mac, all on the same station. That was awesome. I missed that. Yeah, they had to fence everything in, and so. But this one's really all about kind of early '80s, uh, that time when I was like six years old, and I really loved it. They had to fence everything in. I I, I want to highlight that quote. I like that. That's so true. I'm hitting. Matthew gave me some uh, some low sugar G2s that are left over from the uh, left over from the little league, and this <laughs> man, this this low sugar G2 fruit punch. It's fire, man. It's so it good. Uh, yes, yeah. it, it slaps. The G2 is really good. In fact, let's do a little segment right here, um, just in the middle of this interview. My my Gatorade commercial? <laughs> uh, no, let's call it. Somebody else did this. Somebody did this better than us. It's called uh, What You Sipping On. <laughs> What's that? There was a radio show where they were like, "What you sipping on, uh, Brian? What you sipping on over there?" Uh, so my initial drink is a Dr Pepper Zero. That's all uh, it is. Okay. And I'll be following that up tonight with a Lipton Diet Green Tea mixed berries. <laughs> my man is living. Woo! Living like a king, king. <laughs> I like that. What are I you like sipping that. on? I'm sipping on. Um, Matthew's going a little higher octane. 
Well, sure. the the family's out of town. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, um, I I'm drinking um, Dripping Springs Family Business Golden Age German Pilsner, and then I'm also sipping on a little Don Roberto tequila. Brian, Don Roberto. Brian, have you ever been to Total Beer and Wine? Sure. Do they seem to have like a different? like vein of spirits than other like i feel like both specs and total beer and wine have some line on these brand these little brands of tequilas that like you don't find anywhere else and i i recently i I was picking my daughter up from theater camp right next to the total beer and wine and i was like oh i should stop in there and before i went in I, i looked at their website and i I looked at their tequilas at like a rankings of their tequilas. Mm. And I found one that was like rated by like wine enthusiast magazine shit. And I was like, I'm going to go. I went in and I bought a tequila that I found online. And uh, it's interesting. It's good. It's just, it just, it's a brand is not a brand I've ever heard of. And, but maybe tequilas are that way. There's just so many like small producers. Like, I don't know. Well, these days, sure. But there was this like spirits direct thing that they do, and there was like a spirits direct discount. And I don't know. This was a total beer and wine. This is a total beer and wine. Yeah. And you so two thumbs up, eight avocados for the um, Don Roberto. I'm gonna give it six and one half avocados out of eight. It. Six and one half avocados out of eight. It's a reposado, and it's it's a really light in color. Um, it smells like tequila. four. For a reposado, and but I gotta say, I was on that um, Trace Generaciones kick. That's a pretty and good like, one. That is really the center of my tequila universe right now. Like, there's so many tastes out there with tequila, yeah. you know? And I wanna try different ones, but then I buy one and I'm like, this is good, but it's no Tres Generacion. I'll tell know? you what, we haven't been able to get to Sorrow. No? Yeah, they must be having a supply chain issue. Mm. Um, like for like a year now, we haven't been able to get. It. I saw that you you replaced it with Casamigos. Yeah, we've got Casamigos. Which we got is a, no replacement for Tesoro. We got a couple others. We started stocking Herradura too. Oh, just as like, you know, another good mid range right. one. Herradura and one called Exotico. Okay, which, tell uh, me more. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how we came to pick that one. Other than that was entirely based on price point. I think. Um, it's good. It's like it's like Estelone, but it's a couple of dollars cheaper per bottle. So okay. just ways to make you know the bottom line work a little better for sure. the old front page. Sure. Well, what were you saying, Brian? If you guys tend to go like Reposado with your te- tequila, is that uh, what you prefer? Yeah, we keep one or two reps around. I mean, we make so many margaritas that most of the most of what we buy is Blanco. That's, right. uh, Let me say this. I started on this tequila path a few years ago and at first it was just blancos but now i'm progressing where really now my, you, my now my baseline is reposado now you're repping and, that rep. and i would drink an añejo and and now even I will drink a mezcal and just really oh, savor no. it. Where, oh yeah, oh no, yeah. he's, go, <laughs> he's going to Nejo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a slippery slope. Yeah, sounds like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a it's it's liquid and muddy with with tequila that slope. 
Brian, what's your favorite track off your new record? Uh, I think the one that really represents to me us on this album is it's kind of neck and neck between in this regard of your song for you guys and uh, this song called DNR the music. <laughs> At this juncture, I would like to confess that I haven't listened to the entire album. Yeah, but um, do you think it's? I would recommend it. I think, given what I know about you and your taste in music, I mean the the representation of stuff that is modern as well as you know from the eighties and stuff. It to me, it I the reviews I've gotten back, and I don't normally get reviews from people. You know, I, normally they don't reach out, but. There's just a lot of excitement that I, I feel is kind of like you should really check it out. I really both okay. me obviously. Okay. Um, we're it's, we're it's the worst podcast the, in the world in that we haven't listened to the <laughs> entire album that we're talking about. The whole uh, the whole I tell you this the whole record is on the playlist at the bar now. So. Yeah, and I think it'll work well at the bar. Actually, I think you're going to get people going. What is this? We had the other ones. You know, for your other records, I went through and handpicked one like oh, this might be better for drinking beer too, you know, and then this, you know, this other track's more mellow, so I'll leave it off. But I just put the whole record on just so I could, I could hear it occasionally. Yeah, um, I'd recommend it. There's not really any downers. It's just kind of up-tempo and fun. I think it's for a lot more what I'd call fun than, than our previous albums. And Brian, you, you and I talked a little bit of, while we were out on the digital links the other night. While we were playing the uh, Hickory. Oh, so you recently did a round of digital golf. We did. We got a round of golf in. It was very exciting. Okay. Uh, we both both had some had to shake off some rust, but, uh, but I, we're both... Uh, I just want to say, and I was recently explaining this to my kids, golf translates to the video world so well, to the video game world. Like even, remember the, the golf game on just the Game Boy? Like Mario Golf or whatever, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Like it was it's quite good, you know. And and now the the nuance of the controllers with the golf game is amazing. And then and then you got things like Wii Golf, and yeah. I'm assuming there's some Oculus stuff. There probably is. I haven't really looked into yeah. it. Yeah, I, I really enjoy. I love. I like golf, and I like video game golf. So I actually, think that's the, so cool that y'all do that. The N64 Mario Golf was a lot of fun too. It had I remember it, playing well, a lot of that with my brother. It was a little more like um, mini golf trickery, kind of gimmicky a little bit, right? Uh, you might be talking about the Game Boy one. The N sixty four one was was very was like golf. playing okay. a playing a you know a four four or five par holes and okay yeah okay. But what happens like if you get a bogey? Does he just go? Oh no! <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> I think that that is exactly what he did, actually. Uh, <laughs> I love Luigi. So we were out on the links, out on, uh, I believe it was the old Hickory course. In, uh, where did that course turn out to be? Pennsylvania or something? Michigan. Michigan. Uh, yeah. We went up to Michigan, too. On our, we're, <laughs> we're real jet setters when it comes to golf. Uh, but we were having a chat. Out on that, out on those greens, about picking. You know, you're working with a PR person on this record, right? Which I definitely uh, I want to hear more about that. Um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of uh, social media is involved, but you said you were picking some singles. So tell us yeah. more about the singles and why you picked them. Sure. So I'll go back to the DNR for the musical. Like that one 
to me, I mean, it, it, it really represents kind of what I'm talking about when I say pop. Uh, it kind of started with like a uh, stealing a little bit from a, from a Daft Punk song uh, called uh, Give Life Back to Music or Bring Give Life Back to Music. Yeah. And then uh, it just kind of went from there. And, and then I was watching La La Land and I got some ideas from that, even though I didn't expect to like that movie. I, there were songs in there that I was like, I like this. Nice. And, uh, I thought that movie was great, by the way. Yeah, I thought it ended really well. It started off exactly the way I thought it would, and I was like, oh, no, do I even like musicals? And then it ended, I was just like, oh. um, But that song just kind of mixes up a lot of that idea of a musical with pop song, and it's kind of a downer, and it kind of goes through, like, the last stages of an old woman's life. But it's very, like, Rage Against the Dying of the Light kind of thing, too. So I like that song. It's, it's kind of a downer, but it's also really hopeful. That's good. It's nice to combine two... Uh... Two feelings like that. Juxtaposition. Yeah. In art school, the critique never started until somebody said juxtaposition. <laughs> I say that <laughs> What else? What else stood out about the recording of this? How is, the, how is recording this different from recording the other records? I kind of took on a real attitude of being honest with myself and just saying, like, what? music like am i writing music for myself like if i'm being completely honest with the all of the music i listen to and love why do what is the music that i love and why do i love it and a lot of it really went back to like my childhood and like very poppy stuff and just mtv and you know also the 90s and then also modern music and then just kind of putting all that together and making fun music for me what i would call fun uh so I love it. It's really just easy for me to listen to. And I've gotten a lot of, like, I can't stop listening to this kind of feedback, which I, I would agree with because I've heard the song like a thousand times. That's fun. I, yeah. Anytime, anytime you're excited about something, then we're going to get excited about it too. Definitely. Well, I'll say from my experience with your music in the past, maybe it's felt a little less accessible than this album and now the way you're describing the the creation of it it makes so much sense i love in this regard the the composition of it the music of it because it has that it's like a yacht rock feel yep and then it it has that undercurrent of like a hair band it like goes into come some kind of like cock rock hair band you know sound but i will say that the experience of it is so different with the lyrics. Yeah. Your, your lyrics are so thoughtful and so complex and so tongue in cheek, you know, like, um, that's another funny thing about, you know, listening to somebody's record and you've known them your entire life. I, I love it when like, when I'm listening to one of your songs and it's, you know, it's almost just like you're talking to me, you know, yeah, yeah. like I, I'm sure that everybody can relate to your music, but I feel like I'm probably in a, a singularly good position to really like. Oh, you think understand. you are, you think you're just like in the perfect position to understand Brian's lyrics all the time. Like nobody else is. Well, you know, you and I talked, you and I talked the other night about how I often don't, you know, for somebody who writes poems and, you know has critiqued literature a lot in my life, often song meanings blow right by me. And, you know, and it's because I'm grooving out to them and I, you know, I'm not too concerned with it, you know. Uh, but, like, the other uh, the other day, we were talking about a Bob Dylan lyric, and I was like, you know, that's, I was singing that to my nephew the other day, and it was like, that's a really weird lyric. 
I don't get it. And Matthew was like, that's about a girl who goes to a good college and fails out from drugs. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, you're right. Now that uh, uh, he just like, just deadpanned it exactly what the. I, yeah, but I don't think that that's a story about how <laughs> I understand lyrics better than you. I, that's a story about how you know Bob Dylan better than me. And so it can become kind of background noise for your life. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, whereas I'm not as I'm not near as familiar with his music. And now, if I if I honestly like I don't know a lot of his music at all, so I can hear if you if you're hearing a lyric for the first time, you're in a better position to like I'm sure maybe make a, a an unbiased judgment about what it's about. Brian, know? I'm sure that it's even more so as a creator of music for you, like. Like reacting to a song is not just about listening to the lyrics and saying this is what the song means, is it? It's, no. There's a whole feeling that you get. You know, your ears are stimulated. That's not necessarily there's the the meaning is just one of the possible interpretations of how you uh, interact with the song, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, even growing up and even I mean, forever for the rest of my life, I'm sure like hooks are a big deal for me. So just how catchy is it? How yeah. energized is it like does it make me feel a certain way and if the lyrics don't like contradict that or, or really irritate that then i'm usually fine with that song but if they sometimes the, your, the lyrics are just so bad for a certain song you're just like i'm not being a you know <laughs> but this is just close your head <laughs> it's funny that you should mention hooks. actually the song we're talking about is like a rolling stone and so that's uh -huh. probably one of the greatest hooks in rock and roll history you know. What was the lyric again? It was, uh, you're going to the finest schools, all right, Miss Lonely, but you know you only used to get juiced in it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, and we were also talking about that in terms of how somebody will write something that doesn't seem to make any sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And that's the poetry thing, right? You know, like there's, there's, you know, it's part of, you know, what's between the cracks yeah, of making, the language, and it's just interpreting things and making it interesting and saying it a different way. That's where that's what poetry is, basically, you know. And that's uh, so that makes it kind of funny that like I miss the poetry of the. <laughs> I do that all great, the time. Great poets. <laughs> and Brian, just to clarify, this is the fifth ContraZoom mixtape album. It's our third, but we've made as a different bands. We've made other albums like. Yeah. And it's uh, just as a review, it's you and your creative partner. What's his name? Ken. Yeah, he's he's our drummer and producer. Uh, you know, co-producer, but he's a hell of a drummer. So you play lead guitar. Yeah. And what what other parts do you play? All of them. Uh, everything. The drums. The, I mean, so you're the synth. You're the bass guitar. You're the the lead guitar, the rhythm guitar, if applicable. Always applicable. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's the he's the drums and the producer. He he does the sequencing. What what does he use to put it together? I, I think I misspoke. I'm I'm the producer. I do all of the recording. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but what I've learned about what a producer, kind of a professional producer, does a lot is they kind of just come in and go. Uh, why don't you bring that down a little bit? Maybe you should take that oh, out. Maybe you should uh, do that again. I, I see. Okay. Okay. So it's, you are the driving force behind the band. Yeah. I mean, 
all the songs get like I write all the songs, so that makes normal sense. Yeah, right. you are you are country zoom in the same way that uh, Stephen Merritt is magnetic fields. Brian Benitez is country zoom mixtapes. Say that like kind of the way I wouldn't say. I mean, I get you can say Billy Corgan is Smashing Pumpkins, but to me, without Jimmy Chamberlain on drums, or you know, a lot of really great drummers on drums, it sounds flat and bad. And so okay. I will never. Yeah. I sit corrected. I f- I'm so glad somebody's giving drums their due. Oh, absolutely. It's the most important instrument. It is. It really is. And I, it takes not having the drums, which I, you know, I'll program the drum part. And then by the time Ken comes in, it's just a completely different song. I was telling my nephew the other day, I was like, man, if you want to be in rock bands for your entire life, don't learn the guitar, learn the drums. You will always have a job. Yeah. <laughs> great advice. <laughs> You can but always also maybe tell them never to be in a rock band as well. Oh, there's that there's <laughs> that advice as well. Yeah. You can always learn the guitar later. Sure. <laughs> Brian, I have my biggest regret is that we didn't coax him up here this evening. Like you should have just come to the living room. You could have stayed at my house. I've I thought about Fuck. proposing something like that, but I, you know, I didn't know how complicated people's weekends would be. I don't care how complicated it would be. I wish Brian was here. <laughs> yeah, cool. uh, but I'm glad we're doing this. But yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen you in person since right before the pandemic. It was January like 24th, 2020, that we met wow. in New Braunfels and had a karaoke night out and and. We all crashed at the same place and had brunch together, and you know, I I know my sister would I'm, love it if we did that again. I miss so seeing you, bro. Yeah, yeah, you know, I my family went out of town, and there, it's not as extensive this summer as it has been in previous. I I mentioned that to Schaefer. We should meet in New Braunfels, but well, I, once again, I'm making plans too late. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, are there any specific times when? Johnette and Concrete Blonde come up in your songs that you can think of? I mean, they taught me a lot about kind of keeping it simple and lyrically being like vulnerable, but kind of belting it out during the chorus. Yeah. And I that yeah. Concrete Blonde was just a personal favorite of was, their record, Bloodletting, was kind of our, our record. Me and Brian, particularly, uh, you know, kind of shared that one between us and kind of like, you know, liked it a little more than everybody else did uh, in yeah. our, in our friend group. Yeah. And I kept that going. Like, I mean, that was a big influence. My, that was my high school, probably favorite band that nobody knows about. I, I don't know this music at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can, should I go look this up after the podcast? It probably is dated at this point, but I mean, it, in, for that era, it was perfect for no, me. No, the song <laughs> Joey by Concrete Blonde still slaps. Okay. That, okay. uh, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll go have a listen. That song is just... Well, hold on. Matt, listen to my album first. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> well, I've heard a number of tracks from your album because we've been featuring them here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. But I did mean to listen to it before we talked to you, but then it snuck right up on me. I, I Schaefer and I had had a little break from podcasting, and then he reminded me today that we... Yeah, like our our podcasting you. break was like that was just because we're both too busy to podcast. So it's because the bar is going good, and I'm not in jail. And <laughs> right, 
Sure, that makes perfect sense. Is there a, a missing component there? Oh, I, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, just the indictment. Uh, and congratulations on your promotion, Brian. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Brian got promoted uh, in his job, and then immediately his whole family came down with COVID. So. Oh, right. We all ha- <laughs> I had COVID right after you. That's right. Yeah. That was something. That was... I'm glad I had it and know it, but uh, I'm glad it's over. Yeah, man. I, I it was not fun. I, I'm I'm glad that I had been inoculated. You know, yeah. like I I wouldn't have wanted to face that on the front line. It was uh, I I got I got sick. You know, me too. I mean, I, my whole thought I was like, I am glad I'm not old or yeah, it's no joke. Yeah. 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 Uh, but also, thank COVID. For its creative uh, input in uh, Oval. Yeah. And for creating One Magical Hour. One Magical Hour, (laughs) no doubt. There's a way to do it. Yeah, there's a way to use COVID for your benefit. Or at least the symptoms of COVID, uh, (laughs) lockdown and whatnot. Brian, have we... um, Do you feel like we've talked... No, no, no. Stop. Stop, Matthew. Stop. Brian. Uh, yeah. Do you feel like <clears throat> Oval is where you want to be artistically and musically? It feels, and I, I'm not a, I don't consider myself like artist. I consider myself more like musician, craftsman kind of thing. Uh, and even that sounds good. But anyway, uh, I feel like this is my most kind of like honest Brian, like, this is what I actually love. Like, this is my favorite kind of music, to be quite honest. And, like, I run a lot, and a lot of what I run to is really poppy stuff that's just a driving beat that's just, like, fun and energetic. I don't really listen to prog rock really at all. I, I A lot of that stuff just comes from songs that I listen to at one point or ideas, but my, my core is really pop rock. So yeah. I hope it comes across, you know, throughout the album if you listen to it. And what was Schaefer talking about you worked with a oh yeah you, you uh, worked with a you're working with a, a publicist like a promotion kind of company that uh they're gonna take our songs we chose about four or five with them and they're, they're gonna send out our albums but then also feature songs specifically to promote to things like radio stations and online radio stations they have connections and so they're able to get it out to like 300 or 400 individual stations that will hopefully play it uh, so that's that's really what I'm looking forward to. We gotta get your record out. We should give your record to Kevin Alejandro. Get it out to Hollywood. See if we can get it in some. Uh, that's a big paycheck if you can get that into a TV show. Yeah, we're actually gonna meet next week with the TV and video game and movie licensing kind of promoters for the exact same kind of idea, but with just specifically with those uh, avenues. Cool. I think that your songs would, they're, you know, because they're so dynamic, you know, and they, they kind of have a lot of stuff going on. They would lend themselves to that, that sort of uh, venue. It'd be cool to have, you know, that either, they could either be featured, you know, and kind of drive a scene, or they could also be, if they were just going on in a background, you know, they would, uh, they would fill, uh, fill that role pretty cool in a pretty cool way too. Yeah. I mean, I think that we, 
we have enough variety that, yeah, depending on what the mood of the scene is, we can find something for it. Yeah. Either way, you get paid, right? Yeah, but I'm not a very good, you know, you, you know, uh, paid musician. I'm good at making. I'm not good at getting paid for it. So oh, well, I mean, unlike us. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're in the same boat. <clears throat> I got my $100 check from American Public Media for being on the slowdown the other day. Okay, okay, yeah, we got Boom. that going for us. At first I was like, I'm not going to cash this because I want to keep the check. But then I realized you can you you deposit checks digitally these days. You can always keep the check. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't matter if you cash it or not. That's what I tell my kids. <laughs> you can always keep the check. Keep the check. <laughs> My big daydream is that, you know, one day you guys will hear an H-E-B commercial and you'll be like, is that? Yeah. Be like Altuve and uh, Jordan Alvarez flipping stakes uh, on a on July 4th and then the background is some contrazoom playing. I can totally see it. That seems entirely possible. Yeah. Yeah, I just... It's, such, it's so weird to be a professional and a musician where you're just like, I feel like a child that even coming up to anyone with that idea where it's like, hey, I'm in a band. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> or what if uh, what if you got picked up and they played you during uh, during timeouts at a Spurs game? That'd be awesome. I can do that. Just have a whole room full of people bump into the bump into the country zoom. Yeah, no, these daydreams are bad for me. Please don't kind of uh, no, good. It's, it's fun to it's fun to let you let your mind soar, let your eagle eagle out of the cage. Yeah. I think all of that's possible. We'll see. I, I believe in this record. And I, 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 I've always understood why other people might not be, you know, it might not be for everyone, that kind of thing, for our previous albums. Uh, but I think this one, I'm just like, I promise you, if you listen to it fully, I think you'll be impressed. And I think it like. Well, you heard it uh, here, One Magical Nation. Hit up Spotify, ContraZoom mixtape. And uh, and look for that oval record. Can we play this track that you mentioned going out th- today? DNR. Oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, say say the name again. DNR what? DNR the musical. DNR the musical. <laughs> it's hilarious. And I think what yeah. we'll, I think what we'll do for this particular show is in lieu of. The poetry corner. We're not going to read a poem today. Listen to the song. That will be your. That will be your poem of the week. Wait, we're not going to do a poem. No, we're going to just tell people. Concentrate on that. Oh uh, wait, on Brian's song. We're a poetry podcast. <laughs> I mean, people come here for the poem. Brian, do you have a poem? Okay, we'll play your song. That's fine. Yeah, his lyrics can be the poem. Okay, that's a fantastic idea. That's what. That's what the Nobel. Nobel committee said about Bob Dylan's lyrics. Okay. Brian, I want you to stick around for one more segment. Gladly. Schaefer. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Let me get the robot involved here. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Come on now. Uh. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. This is called Schaefer's going to look through the Viewmaster. Okay. I. <laughs> I I literally I've got my kids Viewmaster, and Schaefer is going to tell us a little bit about is it California or Austria? What I'm do you got there? About this. What do you sure. have there? 
Uh, that's definitely the Golden Gate Bridge. We Schaefer uh, is looking at a Viewmaster slideshow of California. There's the North Star up there. It's kind of the Golden Gate Bridge uh, right at dusk, so all the lights are on on, on San Francisco. Use poetic words. It's glowing beautifully. <laughs> it's golden. There's a trolley car just over the San Francisco Bay. Oh, my God. This is like, by the way, San Francisco think, is my heaven. Yeah, I think that that's Matthew's old... Uh, Stomping grounds. Matthew's old apartment right there on the right. True. Uh, another beautiful shot of sunset over the Golden Bridge. Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, there's a redwood tree. Uh, I've, I've been up and walked around in that forest there just north of town. Uh, just, just north of the city. Uh, I guess this is Hoover Dam or... That's kind of a, in a different spot. but Or maybe it's the Grand Coulee Dam. I don't know. It's a damn, it's a damn, damn. <laughs> like, we know how to pick the worst <laughs> podcasting ideas ever. Schaefer is going to describe what he's seeing in a view, Matthew. The Capitol building. Well, Schaefer's going to try. He keeps getting interrupted by the Matthew. Wait, I gotta take a, I'm going to take a picture of this. Wait, wait, wait. Get, get back up. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to Austria yeah. here, folks. Anyway. There's uh, one of those gondolas that takes you up the mountain. It's very snowy. You know, I guess this is the... What what mountain range is in Austria? Does anyone know? <laughs> um, the Schwolteweich. There's a, there's a, a, a working a cow hauling a big bale of hay. And there's another shot of the Schwolteweichs. The Schmoldeweichs. <laughs> There's uh, some kind of church, one of those churches with the teardrop domes, like Eastern Orthodox. Okay, okay. So some segments work better than others. Uh-huh. That's just yeah. how, that's just how it is. <laughs> you, guys, you guys should have a segment where you just smell things and then don't describe them. At all. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say smell them but don't describe them? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, Brian, thank you yeah. for your time here on One Magical Hour. That's my absolute pleasure. We're thank not you. we're not hanging up, by the way. We're just ending the podcast. Understood. Okay. Give our regards. Give our our regards go out to all of you out there. Sorry for the sorry for the delay. Sorry you didn't get a podcast there for a week. I hope hope they haven't given up on us entirely. But uh, hello to hello to my pops and hello to. Miss Ellen Ferguson, Jason Edla, uh, Brian Benitez, who's listening to this tomorrow uh, <laughs> or, or whenever it drops. I'm excited for you to listen to it, Brian, because we did a switcheroo up top. Oh, sweet. So, I love those. Something very special for uh, for the Brian Benitez episode. It's like the blue He-Man. Oh, bizarre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian, do you know our? Do you recall our sign off? Of course I do. You want to? You want to start it? All right, sure. Remember, everybody, the poor are the choices. The sweeter the wine.